Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast sponsored by Yes Express. And today we have a super special guest on. I know I say that each week, but it, you know, it's it's always amazing the incredible people that we get to meet along this journey of podcasting and and you know connecting with and uh, you know the gentleman that we're gonna be talking to today, a lot of you guys probably know him. He's been around the industry for over 30 years. You know, he's a president at Green System Solutions, he's a business coach for landscape contractors. I'm sure you heard his name or seen him in a Facebook group. He's always adding great value. We had the, the the I've had the privilege of having dinner with him down in I think it was DC right Jim yeah in uh, Reston I think yeah it was. I think yeah, so during DC, one of the Techo yeah. shows yeah we had dinner and it was it just you know you know when you meet somebody and you're like you know this this these are good people right so we had a you know a great meal with uh, with a bunch and and you know Jim and I sat next to each other and started shooting the shit and I was like you know what we're like you know I don't know similar people let's put it that way so I figured it'd be great to bring on the podcast we could have a great conversation see what he's seeing in the industry see what he's teaching during his business coaching how he's helping others prepare for the craziness in the world now with inflation and the change of economies and and what's going on in business in general with all these new startups and everything so I guess without any further ado Jim Wirtz welcome to the show thank you Josh I really pre- appreciate it and uh, I think we really you know met in the first couple minutes and just sort of hit it off is like you know yeah. you have that connection with people sometimes it was like 100%. like this guy you know we sort of think similar you know and yeah. and then as we talk through the evening we definitely have some similar interest in you know personal development and that type of thing so um, 100%. and that's what really got me through you know my business was switching from just wearing too many hats which a lot of business owners are wearing and it wears you down right like you can get it's really hard it's stressful especially this time of year and um, so I learned to, somebody once told me to meditate. And at the time it was like, I might as well just go jump in wet cement. Cause I didn't even know what that meant, you know, like, yeah. so I'd literally sit, try to sit quietly. And when I had my landscape business, uh, which I had for over 35 years, I remember the first few times I tried to meditate, it was like, I was shaking after five minutes. I just couldn't sit still. I had so many things going through my head. It was ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know how people calm their mind. It's crazy. But it's like riding a bike the more you do it. Um, But, you know, and, um, but it really helps, as you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. really helps get you centered into what's really meaningful in life. And it, it gives you the answers of where you need to take your business, quite honestly. It does. That's the quiet time where you can start processing things that you wouldn't normally have time for. So uh, we'll definitely get into more of that here in our conversation. But uh, Jim, before, so our listeners, if they don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about your past, how you got into this industry and uh, what your career was like. Are you still in the industry? Kind of give us a framework of where you are and how you got there. Yeah. So I started in 1979. I was 19 years old. Prior to that, I worked at a couple golf courses and for other landscapers in my local area. I'm in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And um, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I, my sister's boyfriend suggested, why don't you go to uh, 
you know, to landscape school, which I knew what landscaping was. So I went to Penn State for two years, associate degree, learned a lot about plants and weeds and identification, how to grow things. When I got out of there, uh, when I was 19, I knew nothing about business, like how to estimate, knowing your numbers, all that good stuff. So um, it was a roller coaster ride for a while, trying to put all that together. Um, but I had my own landscape company for 35 years, typically had 12, 15 employees. And through the process, I knew early on if I got sick, hurt or injured, and I want guys to really listen to this, this is important, is when I realized, because I did get sick for a little bit, and um, I realized if I got sick, hurt or injured, my company was going downhill really quick because I did not have systems in place. Mm -hmm. So I started focusing on, okay, how's this thing, how can I get this thing to run on its own, at least for a while, at least for a day or two, if I'm out of the picture? And I find a lot of companies, I work with a lot of companies over in the United States and Canada, and I find a lot do not have those systems set in place. And I just, uh, it's, it's not a warning, but I really want them to be aware that things change, right? Um, yep. But, you know, when I had my, when I started my business, interest rates were talking about recession and inflation. Mm -hmm. It was back in the gas and oil embargo and interest rates were on average 17% when I started my business. So sure. nobody was borrowing money. Nobody was hiring anybody. Everybody was just like laying low key. The economy was like dead. So I basically uh, did what the only thing I could do. I took my $50 I had in my pocket and went knocking on doors and building relationships with people. And I'd take any kind of jobs they would throw at me uh, mm -hmm. to begin. And that's how I got started. I love that. I love that, dude. And yeah, I, mean, I was actually born in 78. So you got me Trump there for sure. <laughs> Going through that time now. What kind of... Uh, what kind of information would you share with somebody starting out right now who has never been through, you know, any of this inflation, hyperinflation, things that are going on, even stagflation coming, and like all these things? Like, what what's different than what was the last one, two, five years of the economy? Have you seen it? Like, how do you strategize that differently? Well, you know, for the last few years, it's been everybody's had more work they can handle. Um, always trying to find good employees, right? That's always an issue. But it's it's the economy has been strong the last few years. And, you know, I always say you don't even have to be good at sales. You'll go out and get all the work you can get right now because people are basically throwing it at you. Now, that's a little over assumptive, but everybody needs to be good at sales. Sales is super important. Um, yeah. But now I think that when I started, I didn't realize when I got into it, I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. So sometimes that's a good thing. If you don't know what you're jumping into, you just take it where you're at and run with it, which is exactly what I did. If I would have jumped into um, the the way it is now, where you could just go out and get all kinds of work and really blow up fast um, and then be dumped into the time when I got started, which was like nobody was spending money. Nobody was borrowing money, 17%. Yep. Interest rate, like credit card interest rates, right? So um, I always say that uh, the, the businesses who put systems in their business to run as a business are going to have a much better chance of surviving when a recession hits because they know their numbers, they know sales, which is super important, and they need to know communication skills. Um, yep. You know, we talk about in my, in my coaching program, like how to communicate uh, with employee, uh, with your customers and your employees. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a lot we get into, but it's really having systems in place mm -hmm. to, and then have a vision of where your company is going. I'm, I'm working with some guys who've been in business for 25 years and they're like, 
Jim, I, I worked really, really hard for 25 years and I'm not happy where I'm at. Like mm -hmm. I, I made some money, but it's not enough money to retire on. And I'm just feeling like I'm stuck. And I don't want people to get in that situation. No, totally, dude. Totally. You know, oftentimes I, I, and I used to be guilty of this, that's why I can say this, but I feel like, you know, the first years, especially, and sometimes it's an entire career that you have one year experience repeated 20 times right? Cause you're not growing. You're not constantly adding those systems. You're not asking or the question why, or what if, or how could I, or what's the next big thing coming or how am I going to grow or how am I going to serve my clients better? I love your angle coming in with having great communications, going door to door with 50 bucks in your pocket saying, look, dude, I'm here to do whatever you need me to do. That's what you have to do sometimes when things get tough, you got to roll your sleeves up and get out of your ego. Right? So, um, yeah. tell us a little bit about your journey going from there into, you know, having all those employees and the kind of projects and things like that you did. Yeah. So basically, uh, with the background of, you know, if I knew if I got sick, hurt or injured, um, my family was in jeopardy. I have four girls. They all worked in the landscape uh, on the cruise and in the nursery as they grew up until they were old enough to realize um, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> fled. <laughs> um, now they, they enjoyed it, but yeah. they all say, you know, it was a great uh, work experience and it's really built their foundation um, for good work ethic. So um, good. I had them potting plants when they're like eight years old, um, nice. paying them, uh, you know, per pot. So they did quite well. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Really? And um, so, yeah, with it, with the having a family, um, my wife and I have been together 40, it would be 40 years this October. Uh, and, you know, th this is the other thing we talk about in in the coaching program is not only about systems and being profitable and sales and communication and how to find employees and retain employees is the family life, because yeah. it is all directly tied right there, baby. It's when you come home at night and you're complaining about Mrs. Jones, who's late on payment or didn't give you a check or, mm -hmm. you know, as uh, yelling at you or whatever it is. The wife's taking it full face. And so, so is the family. They hear it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and my wife and I, we went through that for a while and it was a struggle because she didn't want to hear it. Like, it's like, okay, I, I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like same, same old, same old every night. Yep. So just little things like that. I learned to start to realize like, well, if I want to keep a family together, I better put this thing together better. So I'm not always complaining about the business and, and basically having a, shackled tied to my ankle where the business yeah. owns me. Yeah. And I find that's happening a lot out there. It's like a lot, a lot of guys are like the hustle and grind. And I believe in the hustle and grind to a point, but then I don't, it's like, mm -hmm. you got to work hard, but you got to work smart. And one of my goals, Josh was as, as simple as it was, was one of my goals after I got things set up was to be at home every night to have dinner with my family. That was important to me. Yeah. Um, and because we all know we could have a million excuses why we're not, you know, oh, I got to go do an estimate or, you know, I got to go fix the, the mower or whatever it is and make these excuses up not to attend dinner, family, uh, family events. So it can get away from us pretty quickly. Um, so going back to um, knowing if I got sick, hurt or injured, I had to have things systematized in my business so it could keep running mm -hmm. as time went on. Yep. And that's what I worked on from that day on a little bit here, um, ran into, went to seminars, trade shows, and just, you know, back that was pre-internet. So mm -hmm. you couldn't just Google somebody like, Oh, there's a landscape coach. whoop de doo I didn't, I didn't even know they existed back then. Yeah. Um, I actually, one of my first guys I hired was Jim Houston out of Colorado. You ever, ever okay. heard of Jim? I have not. And, no. um, 
Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was great. And he was just sort of getting started back, back in the time, but uh, a quick story, I'll tell you a quick story. And then, um, so as I got started, like I said, I got up Penn state, knew a lot about plant material identification, you know, knew the trees, shrubs, but nothing about business, nothing about knowing your numbers, nothing about um, bidding, how to deal with people, how to hire employees, how to deal with, I knew nothing of that. It was all like raw, raw piece of leather. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew I had needed help. And so I was down in a seminar in Philadelphia, walking down the hallway and I heard this guy in there talking. I couldn't get in the room. It was full. Here was no other than Charles Vanderkoy. You ever hear oh, that yeah. name? I've, I've he been was to talking seminars. Could, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. That guy was, yeah, I wished I would have like latched onto him harder, but uh, I, could, I could hear him talking. I was out in the hallway and after about 10 minutes, I looked and I realized I didn't understand a word he just said. Hmm. Like he was talking about overhead recovery and, you know, he's going on about estimating and I'm like, yeah. sounds Chinese to me. I mean, I, at that point I knew I was so off the mark. It wasn't even funny. Like yep. that guy was in there talking about stuff I couldn't even understand. So through that, I hooked up with Jim Houston. Um, I don't remember how I got hold of Jim. He was in Colorado. I'm in Pennsylvania. He flew in. I borrowed money on my credit card. He told me buy a computer. And he didn't ask me. He told me, <laughs> yeah. you want to be successful? You buy this computer. At the time, it was 2500 bucks, like early 80s, right? Mm. The thing was as big as this room. Um, and I had to get this, I had to start learning DOS to use it. DOS. That's like, wow. Yeah. It's like how to program a computer. That's how far Mm -hmm. back it's pretty ridiculous, but I had the desire to learn it and I wanted to learn it. And, um, he came in, he he taught me how to estimate and, um, know your numbers. And and he he showed me, told me that, you know, when you know your numbers, then you have confidence. When you have confidence, you can crush sales. And he said that to me, it was like, it was like a laser light hit me in the forehead. I thought Mm -hmm. he's right. And that was the biggest thing. I think I spent like five grand on that whole venture, which I had, I bought it on my credit card. Yeah. And, um, I was sweating bullets because I I didn't know this guy that well. So sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. Right. Um, but it was one of the best things I ever did. Uh, got rolling on estimates within a month. I recovered that five grand and went on to bid, all kinds of work because I had the confidence to know my numbers and mm-hmm. uh, go out and just really be able to walk away from jobs when somebody said, hey, here's the price and somebody's bidding lower. Do you want it? Nope, I don't want it. This is my number. I got to yeah. stay here. We can take things out of the out of the job, but I'm not dropping it because there's my profit and it does no good. So, yeah. yeah. I love that dude. And Charles, I'll never forget Charles. I was blessed to have uh, an afternoon with him in a, in a seminar and that, that dude was just on fire. He's yelling and screaming. If anybody that's listening, it knows when it was Charles and his contractors and <laughs> all yeah. the stuff he would do. Oh my goodness. And we actually hired Jerry Gay to come in and to, uh, to take a look at everything and get us all set. And yeah, it was it was really good. That was that was one hell of a group, you know, to and that was the first time I had ever dived into uh, to overhead recovery. I didn't understand the concept. So I'm like, I got to hire. We spent probably five grand and get him out there. And we spent two days together and he completely revolutionized my business. That was before the 0708 crash. And thank God that we did that because we skated through. We just stayed in the black, but we skated through because we would not lower our pricing because I knew exactly where we needed to be. And that is so powerful. And it's so great to see Wes over at, uh, you know, Synced Up now taking that whole idea of it and bringing it into a software package to make it even easier for everybody to use. And anyway, it just gives you, to your point, it just gives you so much confidence. You're like, no, $81,319, is it? What do you want to take out? 
Do you want to do the demo? You want to just switch it from papers to concrete? It's the only way this thing's going to change. So mm -hmm. it's it's powerful. Yeah, you'll love this. I just had one of my guys on. We do group coaching call uh, every Tuesday morning. One of my guys, we were talking. He said uh, he just closed like $400,000 in sales in the last two days. Nice. He's already at, he did like a million dollars last year. He's already hit that mark at the beginning of May and just keeps continuing to crush it. So, so it. yeah, I said, so tell me what changed from last year to this year? Mm -hmm. uh, why you, you know, just out crushing it. Like all last year you did a million dollars. Now this year you're already at a million in sales. At beginning of May, what changed? And he said, um, you know, just following the sales process, following up mm -hmm. is what he said. You know, just following mm -hmm. up with people and just letting them know that from the time I meet them till the time I give them a proposal, I'm touching base with them. Yeah. Because a lot of guys just sort of leave it sit in limbo and and then mm -hmm. there's no communication. And people are like, Did he forget about me? Like yeah. Oh, I better call somebody else because this guy, I think he forgot. I better get six other bids now. Um, yeah. So he, the last guy who um, gave him a big job, he was $90,000 over what this, the, the, uh, the other competition. And the guy mm -hmm. went with him 90 grand over the competition because he said, he asked, why did he go with me? You know, why did you go with me? He said, because I could tell you are uh, upfront. And you were going to take care of me by your communication and your follow-up. That was the answer. Huge. So, and I oh, hammer man. like communication is so important and so, it's never yeah. talked about. Like it's, yep. you know, it's always about um, other stuff, but communication is key. If you're good at communicating, you can, you know, name your number. Cause it's all about adding value. It's not about the price. It's adding value yep. and uh, just yep. taking care of people. Yeah. It's when your perceived value is higher than the number you're asking it's a done deal. The sale's done. It's when you go in there trying to add a, the least amount of value pre-sale, then all of a sudden go in there and asking for a big check after adding no value or very little value, like, oh, we can build it for you. Oh, great. That's nice. So can everybody else at the door. How are you different? How are you bringing more to the plate? You know, and if you're building them, you know, pre-sale working through explaining to them why it's, why it's better to do, I'm just going to use an example, pavers over concrete or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden you're a guide to them instead of trying to sell them stuff. You're just trying to help them make great decisions. You become a trusted advisor. And that value is much higher than a contractor trying to sell them a patio. That's where the value is made. It's before any money is ever exchanged. So you're, I mean, you already know that, but I just want to make sure the listeners are listening to that because it's not just show up and whoever is the cheapest price because you can do that, but you won't be in business very long. If you want the higher dollar value projects, you've got to add so much value before that it's almost reciprocity that they're going to give you the project to do. But it's like, oh my God, this guy's been with me the whole time and I know I would be steered perfectly clear with this person. They get it. They, they, they're in it to win it with me, not just another number in their book in order to make their nut for the year. You know, it's it, people know that our, our buyers are becoming much more sophisticated now. And it's not just bushes and patios. We're talking outdoor living spaces, just like they would treat somebody designing an architect, designing their house. They're doing the same thing outside now. So that sophistication is going up. So you better be up in your game and learning how to communicate or you're going to get lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No doubt about it. <clears throat> For Those sure. So, and, you know, the interesting part you mentioned about, you know, you had your your daughters in the business and you didn't want to be, you know, if you ever got injured or somehow hurt, that you didn't want everything to be kind of on your shoulders. And I was in that for many years, you know, that kind of thing. Even though it was a family business, I felt like a lot of the stuff that we were doing, you know, if I would stop, then everything would slow down or completely stop. So uh, for me, the, the transition was when I met my wife and uh, she's from Germany. So we would go and see family and we wouldn't go for a weekend, right? <laughs> You're not flying that far and doing all that for a weekend. She's like a standard is two to three weeks. 
Greeks and she's European. So of course that's pretty standard for them. And I'm this farm boy from Pennsylvania who's like uh, two weeks a year, maybe, right? No, no, no. Three weeks in the spring or the summer back to back on a foreign continent. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap. So I was kind of almost you know, I guess forced into creating a business that could last when I wasn't there. And back then you couldn't get cell service, right? Or if you did, it was ridiculously expensive. You know, I met her six, almost 20 years ago. We married 16 years. So it's a very different world back then. So we had to build the systems and processes so I could go see my my in-laws and my my family abroad and all that. So that was that was my motivator, right? And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, this worked there. Why does it work everywhere? Right. It's it's funny how you find the motivation, but uh Anyway, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting part is, Jim, you know, some listeners might be thinking, wait a minute here. So Jim's a business coach and he teaches things like sales and he thinks it's like business stuff and all the stuff he's learned over 35 years. And I know Josh does that too. You know, he does sales and he does design all that stuff. Why the hell would he bring him on this podcast? Isn't this kind of a problem? Like, isn't this like a, a conflict or some kind of a comp competitive type thing? And the one thing I love about Jim is that we're here to empower people and to help people. And if we can come together on a podcast and do that, or hell, even if someone comes through my doors and I think Jim's a better choice, that's going to help them. I'm going to send them to Jim. That's just it's what it is. We're here to help people and not just try to, you know, take everything for ourselves. So I just wanted to clear up any thoughts that might be going on in people's minds. Like, why the hell would he do this? This doesn't make any sense. It almost seems like he's putting a knife to his own throat. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense, but we don't see it that way, guys. That's why we we love giving. So if you have anything you want to throw in that, Jim, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, once you realize the world is uh, actually, um, and I sort of blow people away in my coaching program with, uh, we talk about mindset and prosperity mm -hmm. and um, that type of thing. But I'm I'm convinced that it's not. And I tell guys before they even join my coaching program, hey, you're not going to come in and be like, wow, I'm free. I have, you know, a couple sessions and I'm good. I'm like, no, it's not how it works. It's an incremental. You're going to sit there in some of these calls. And honestly, some calls you're going to walk away and go, OK, whatever, you know, cool. And some calls you're going to listen to one thing somebody says, either I say or somebody else in the group says it'd be like, that's it. That's what yeah. I needed, man. Now I can take and make $100,000 more this year by that one simple idea. And that's what it is. It's these simple ideas, strategies, calls. And here's what I tell my guys all the time. I know you're busy. Like list on your calendar in the last two years when you had a time that you weren't busy. doesn't happen. I don't yeah. care if you're peak season like now or off season, you're always going to be busy, right? Personal stuff, kids stuff, business stuff. So get over it. Like, here's the deal. You have to set time each week to work on your business. I don't care yeah. how many employees you have, whether you're, we work with multi-million dollar year companies, we work with companies doing $200,000 gross revenue, small and big, but it's all business principles. But I tell them, show up for the calls, get ready to take some notes and be attentive um, because where your focus goes, you know, where your energy is, your focus is and focus is everything. So I, I tell them that, um, you know, take an hour to a week to work on your business, just to put like one little system in place that will, you know, give you, um, potentially tens of thousands of dollars of revenue or save you time. So we focus on three things is saving people time, saving them money or making them money. That's really what we hone in yeah. on. And a lot of stuff, it's just the little ideas, you know, a system can be anything, um, one thing we, we talk about all the time, it sounds so simple, but very few do it is make a plan and work the plan, make a plan and mm -hmm. work the plan, like get a calendar, simple calendar, could be a Google calendar or whatever. And each week you specify, 
that you're going to work on finding an office admin, you know, a half hour every Tuesday between three and three 30. That's your goal. Like shut the phone off, whatever, focus on that. And you do it every week. That's what successful people do. They're consistent. Otherwise, yes. if you don't write it down, put it on a calendar, it's quickly forgotten, you know, because mm-hmm. all the, you're being bombarded with all these little things every day. Um, so we teach them, you know, to, to uh, use the calendar to specify important things that need done week to week so they don't forget them. And it's just, you know, it's simple, but it's really effective. Uh, and when they do that, they start to see a big impact in their business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the biggest changes start with the littlest steps each day. I mm-hmm. always like to say, and I've said this many times, but consistency will beat out perfection anytime. Like people are going always for per- like when everything's perfect, I'll just do it all at once. It never happens. That's right. the problem. It never happens. So if you consistently, like you mentioned earlier about meditation, getting up and say, maybe it's morning, maybe it's night. I believe if you win the morning, you win the day. That's always been in my soul. I've been a morning person my whole life. And now I'm even more of a morning person. But you know, you you spend the time, you invest the time in yourself because you are most important. You spend the time in yourself. And then because if you work and you meditate and you you work with this and you consistently grow, and all the four Fs, right? The faith, family, fitness, and finance. You're constantly growing in all of those. Think about how you show up to your family, to your team, to the world, right? You, you show up so much better because you're working on you. So it's just like the the what they say on the airplane. They, when, they, when the air, the cabin pressure drops, put the mask on yourself first, and then you can do your family. Because if not, you're going to die and you're not going to be able to help them. It's the same exact concept here. If you think just running hard at money constantly, trying to make more and more and more in each project is going to give you what you want, you may end up only with money at the end and lose everything else. Yeah. You must every day be working on all of those things. And it's tough as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, wife, whatever. Like it's, it's there's a lot of responsibilities. But having those micro rituals every day, to your point, you know, meditating and and working on your business and putting time aside for yourself, that is the key to success because at the end you'll have more than just money. What do you think about that, yeah. Jim? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's uh <clears throat> it's really important, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, like I said, the little things add up to be uh, a big big things in the end. And um as you're talking, I had like three really good ideas and then I forgot them all. So it's so on you listening. <laughs> That's why I take notes when you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, the one thing that I've been doing lately, I got out of shape. So I decided, you know, I got to get back in shape here. So it's, so I turned this YouTube video on. It's this lady. She kicks my butt every morning. I do like I a it. 30 minute hit program. It's burpees and push-ups and jumping jacks. You're just sweating by the end. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of days were like, really hard. I was gasping. Like I was like, had to take breaks and, you know, and I'm looking at this lady and she's like, just doing it like flawlessly. And Mm -hmm. I just keep it, you know, I kept, I kept it up. And now like today I was like, Oh, that felt pretty good. You know, they didn't feel good up till today. Now I'm finally getting in shape enough that it's like, okay, I'm starting to tolerate it now. And the same thing in business, you know, when you start new ideas and strategies or systems, Mm -hmm. they can be painful. It's like, Oh, I mean, I have to stop and go make calls or whatever it is. And, and, um, but it's like the more you do it and the more routine you get into doing it, the easier it becomes. Right. Um, it's just, just way things works. Like I always use the analogy riding a bike. Uh, A lot of times I use the analogy of football. Football is a great business analogy because you need a coach like, and you know, it's ironic that 
Uh, I've always had coaches, right? And that's why I hook up with guys like you because you're basically a coach. It's like, I want to rub elbows with guys like you because we we sort of think the same and it's all about helping people and <clears throat> getting them to see things in, in ways maybe they haven't thought of. Um, and that's important because like you said, if you're just always in the hustle and grind and working towards money, you may have money, but money is not going to make you happy. Um, <clears throat> the happiness comes from within. I mean, once you realize, I never realized that I always thought yeah. happiness was out there somewhere and like, yeah. it'll, I'll get happy someday when I have enough money. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work. And then I'll, well, I'll get happy when I have time that didn't work. So you have to be, create the happiness within no matter what yeah. your situation is. And then you'll attract more wealth and happiness to you. But, um, you know, the, the one thing we teach people like is simple things like, um, I know the recession's coming and, you know, it's hard to find employees and it always was hard to find employees. Maybe it's a little harder now, but you know, I always, that was always my big focus in my business was finding employees. Um, the biggest thing companies can learn in my, uh, small vision is if you start now to be, to, to, to attract people, be an attractor to pe- uh, of people, uh, to your business, that mm-hmm. is going to help you beat out your competition in so many ways, because it's not about throwing more money at people. They want to come to a place where uh, it's fun to work. They like the people. It's a good culture. It's clean. It's friendly. You're productive. They have responsibility. Uh, You know, a lot of things like that. And it attracts people. So once you set Mm -hmm. a company up like that, um, then you're an attractor. You're like, you're like honey and the bees are coming for you, you know, yep. or, or the flower and the bees are coming for you. Um, would you agree with that, Josh? I would. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the goal is always to have that space. And, you know, I've, I've said it many times in this podcast, but I believe a business is a conduit to help everybody on the team achieve their goals faster. Right. And when you find people that are, that are more focused on the team dynamic and they all have similar, you know, objectives, let's put it that way, or not even similar, but they have objectives that are clear and concise then the company can help build that faster for them. And then they, they're loyal, they stick around, they give 110%, right? Everybody wins. If it's the old style where the king and the peasant where the king is the boss and they slap the whip and snap the whip and then the peasants run around and do their thing and they're always you know, pissed off at the, at the king at that point because they just want to keep taking and give them minimal amounts. Like if that's your mindset, you're fucked. Let's put it that way, right? It doesn't get any simpler than that. But when you say, look, come, come aboard our team and our goal here is to make sure you get to your dreams faster, you know, how, how, why would anybody say no to that? No, I know right now it's crazy. Everybody's looking for help. There's a great resignation going on and changes going on everywhere. We see that. Um, and I know a lot are struggling, even really good companies that are, have really good, you know, uh, teams and all They're still struggling to find good people. Uh, I think, I don't know whether there's enough out there for the demand right now, at least for now, but, um, you know, it's really, it's important to be thinking. I had another thought when we were talking earlier about this, you know, I know when I first started out, I was an island. You know, I, I knew everything. And if I didn't know it, I'd go find out. But it had to be my idea. Right. I, I was too proud to ask for help. And thank God I got rid of that early in my career. But it took a little while. Right. Because I'm like, this is a business. If I didn't do it, then it's not really mine. And if someone tells me how to do it, then I almost feel like I didn't think of it myself. And it's the ego playing games with us anyway. 
And I knew that a lot of times I got into situations where I didn't know a way out. And I, I live with a lot of stress and anxiety running a business, a ton of stress and anxiety to the point where I had a hard time falling asleep at night. I would wake up in the middle of it, like jack myself awake and I'd be like, whoa, holy crap, I got to deal with this tomorrow. Oh my yeah. God. And like you get down, it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're just, you can't, your nerves are shot and you're like, oh, I can't sleep right now. That anxiety that comes with you as, as a business owner, I thought that was normal. I thought that was something that is inevitable with a business. But what I learned over time is it doesn't have to be that way. When you surround yourself with a team, with a mentor group, with a coach, with, a, with somebody who's been through the path before, the reason why you're getting all that anxiety is because you're afraid of a million possible things that could happen bad to you, right? All those bad, million bad things that could happen over this one situation, you just fill in the blank. The reality is when you work with a coach or a mentor, you tell them the problem, they're like, yeah, there's only two things that could happen. It's either this or this. And all of a sudden, those million things that you were up at night with all that stress going crazy about, you realize there are two things and you know somebody who's already killed that. So what's the big deal? Go back to bed. Yeah. That was what I learned. I was like, holy crap, I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to worry about, to your point, if I get sick, I lose it all. My family is going to be on the street. Like it's not going to work. So having the idea of having somebody close by you and making sure that you aren't that island is so critical to scaling fast and to doing it with less stress and less anxiety because it's all new. It's not a million things. It could only be one or two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, th those are great points. And, you know, um, I always like to say that, you know, I'll, I'll tell guys right up front, I don't know everything. I'm not the ultimate coach. I'm like, I'm not your last stop, but I will, I can definitely will advance you right to the next level. No problem. I know I have confidence in doing that, <clears throat> but I don't pretend to be, have all the answers, you know, um, it's just human nature. It's just not how it works. But I have a lot of good information for them. And, you know, what I tell them is, um, like you said, coaching, I tell them coaching expedites your success. You save so much time, anxiety and worry by getting the answers you need and having a plan to follow rather than just like winging it, trying to figure it out. Oh, I didn't see that problem coming. That one blindsided me. You know, we've all had problems like blindside. You oh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have been through all this stuff, you know, I've been sued, like I've lost money on jobs, like I made all the mistakes and this is what yeah. I take and you do too, I'm sure, and say, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> You're yeah, heading exactly. there, turn around now yeah. because yeah. it's not, nothing going down that path is going to end up good, but it's good right now. Yeah, it's good right now, but here's what happens and, and um, yeah, it's just how it works. Yeah. And that's what I learned with my guy, my coaching uh, guys that I had, you know, they, yep. uh, really helpful. Just, you know, it's nice to have somebody tap you on the shoulder and be like, uh, why are you doing it this way? Just ask a question yeah. instead of you just like digging away and going like a crazy man and working all kinds of hours. Like, um, what I train my guys to do is work less hours. My average work day was nine hours. And mm -hmm. I refuse to be out working until seven, eight at night. I mean, sometimes you get stuck on a job, whatever you do it. But, it, um, I, I used to, you know, my family life was important. So we would take, take the kids and, um, go out West in the summertime for 15 days, 20 days, take a vacation while my operations ran full swing. I didn't shut anything yeah. down. Um, and then we did the same thing in winter. We plowed snow for 25 years. So I would get on Fort Lauderdale. I'd pull the kids out of school. We'd get down for like two weeks, enjoy it while my snow plow operations ran. And a lot of companies were like, how'd you do that? I'm like systems. Yes. Systems. It's not that I'm that much smarter. I just put systems in place to make it work. Dude, I mean, you nailed it on the head right there. Now, I'm going to play a game with you. All right, Jim, I'm a new business. 
starting out. The idea of systems bores the hell out of me and scares me at the same time. How do I get started? What would be a recommendation for people starting that? That Like what kind of, where should I start with a system? What should be a system I should even create first? Like how do you start people on that journey? Yep. Well, I think a, a level deeper is a question and you hit, you nailed it here uh, a little bit ago was, um, when you said that you, you know, felt like you knew everything, you had to figure everything out yourself. You didn't really need the help, all that stuff. So the first thing I'd say is, it might, you know, and this is it's not my saying. I think it's Dan Kennedy saying. It's like you can have a big ego or you can have a big bank account, but you can't have both. So yeah. I tell my guys, um, the only way I'm going to help you be successful is you have to lose your ego, like thinking you know it all or you're cool or whatever it is. Like you just need to break it down to basic level. And then we'll, we'll start together and learn. Um, not to say you have to take all of my advice and, you know, it's got, you know, it's the Bible or whatever, but, uh, basically, you know, I don't, I, you can't work. You can't, it's hard to be successful when you have a big ego, like, you know, everything you're judging people. I tell my guys, don't judge people, even though we do judge people and like, you can't judge people because you don't know always what's going on with the other person, you know? Uh -huh. Um, so you have to lead with empathy, you have to lead uh, with the intent of helping people be successful, right? Mm -hmm. My goal is to help you get to the next level, right? And that comes through when you're when you're working with them. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways. A simple system would be um, obviously they wear too many hats. So first thing is let's take some hats off your head, all right? And I try to get them to tell me what hats they would like to take off, mm. you know. And then they start with, oh, I'd like to take 10 of them off. I want to get rid. Well, now that's too much. You can't, you can't get rid of sales and estimating and, you know, you got to start small. So one would be um, delegate times, everything. We're in a seasonal business. Time is all we got. So usually a big push is, okay. Uh, one system would be to try to free up a day as we call it, or half a day, an hour a day, an hour a week, but start to focus on freeing up a little time where then you have uh, a two, a four hour block per week that you can focus on putting systems into place. Otherwise it never gets done because you're just running the perpetual mouse, you know, the mouse in the wheel. You're just putting out brush fires. Oh, I got to answer this email and I got this lady's, oh, I got to find this employee's unhappy and I got to have this talk. You're just all over the board. Mm -hmm. You have to uh, free up time to start to put systems. That would be the first step. And we show them, you know, um, like for example, it's amazing. Everybody's so busy, but as I break down, we start having conversation with guys. I'm like, well, tell me about your day. Well, I went over to the nursery and picked up plants. And I'm like, pardon me. I'm like, what? Yeah. come back again. <laughs> well, I went to the nursery and they don't even get it. Like I went yeah, to the nursery. Yeah. How long did you stay there? Oh, it was a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. And you're the owner. Yeah. I'm the owner. Um, you, that's a truck driver job. You're not, yeah. You're not a truck driver. You're the CEO of the company. So right there, you know, and I found mm -hmm. companies where they're spending 10, 20 hours a month delivering. I had a guy who was a $2 million a year company filling up gas cans for his crew. I'm like, pardon me? Pardon me? <laughs> yeah. You know, just things like that. Right, Josh? It's yeah, like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just little say that, things. Say that like, my good ear. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's in it's it's just little habits that need changed, and yeah, it's really yeah. all about um, we focus on you know taking some maybe what are bad habits or time wasting habits and changing them to good habits. Because if you want to be yeah. successful, you have to change habits. 
No, I totally agree. And you know, to to your to further your point, I remember you know being in business twenty five years in the beginning where I was out in the field working with the family and employees and all that stuff, and like on the ground laying pavers, planting bushes, mm-hmm. doing all that good stuff. And then for me stepping back and going like, I'll go get the plants, I'll go get the pavers, I'll get that extra load of stone. I felt like, damn, this is awesome. I don't have to work. I can just go to like I can sit and do some windshield time and go to the go to the nurseries and exactly what you just mentioned. I could do that and my people are working for me. So now I'm a business owner. I don't have to do the work, but I actually get the reward at the end. I get the money. This is what it's like to be a business owner. And I almost got stuck there, dude. I almost got stuck in that mindset. And I think a lot do because I think that's what a business owner is. I'm like, no, no, no. It really became clear for me when I realized, to your point, I'm spending a lot of time driving to places where people can figure this out themselves. Why not have that $15 or $20 an hour guy go do this? I can go back to my office and I can sell projects and make $100 or $1,000 an hour just by doing that task. So why am I even getting myself involved with $15 or $20 an hour tasks when my biggest value as the owner is to run this ship and make sure it is profitable? And if I don't do that, I will consistently lose money as opposed to making money. And it was this whole entire business thing all about. So I I can relate, dude, because I used to think that was being a business owner, knowing that I didn't have to swing the hammer and that was success. And it was for one step, but don't get stuck there. Yep. And just to add to that, the, the guy I was telling you earlier who got a job that was $90,000 more than mm-hmm. the, the competition. Uh, and I asked him what changed. He said, um, follow up was the one. And the other one I just thought of was, he said, I took myself out of the field. Yeah. And yeah. now he's, I mean, he went from a million last year to he's already at a million in May by taking yeah. himself out of the field. Uh, a number of other guys in my uh, coaching program have done the same. They've doubled their business inside 12 months mm-hmm. and they've been in business 10 years before that. Yeah. What changed? Just little habits, yeah. you know, focusing mm-hmm. on, and some guys will say, I like working in the field. I enjoy it. Great. Stay in the field, but you have to have a salesperson. You have to have yeah. some, somebody doing the books. You can't just let that neglect that stuff. You know, yep. if you yep. really want to be in the field the whole time, then you have to have somebody out selling because it just doesn't work when you line up all that work and you're out in the field and then you get all the work done and now yep. you're scrambling to get more work in. I've done that for a number of years. That's no Me fun too. either. That's not a way to run a business. No, it's, it's just not. too, too frustrating. It's too um, stressful. And yeah. you know, you always have a zillion things on the back of your mind. So the goal is to take, the the hats off your head um and so many times i i you know i'll have guys say i'd love to talk to you but i just don't have time and i say to them listen you're out of position that's why you don't have time they're like what do you mean it's like you're on the baseball field and you're the only guy playing the baseball game and you're trying to be catcher you're trying to be the pitcher you're trying to be the shortstop and the left fielder because you have all these hats on your head and you're trying to we all know that's insane yeah, yeah, that would be great. You can't play baseball that way. No, I can't. Then why are you running your business this way? Yep. And this is why you don't have time to talk to me or Josh, because you got all these thousands of little stupid stuff that you're doing that you need to rearrange and, and be back in position and be much more profitable. And it's just yeah. that little thing. If you get them to see it, it's like, okay, then maybe we should just sit down and talk for a while. Yeah, that's good. That's a wise, wise decision. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, oh, wow. The, the, the fruits that it, that it produces is, is amazing. And you're right. Cause you know, I think we've both been there, <laughs> Jim. I know that we both started out and we don't know this stuff, right? You get your EIN and off you go paying taxes. That's really all they care about. So now it's a matter of figuring this whole thing out. Now, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about over your career, how your mindset has shifted in your perspective of how business fits in your life and family and all that. So how's that changed over time for you? Well, you had said earlier about, you know, it hit home with me about when you were running your business, how you would wake up at night and think all these things. And then you're like mm-hmm. sweating and like you're wide awake at 3 a.m. And like, what am yeah. I going to do about this? I got to figure it out by 7 a.m. And you're yeah. all freaked out. I used to do that for years. I would wake, sit right up in bed and be like pacing the house, like trying to figure my problems out. <clears throat> and that's a miserable life, too. Um, so that's when I started reaching out, like, there's got to be something better. I can't keep doing this for another 20 years. I mean, this is, this is no fun. You know, I got to the point where I starting to not enjoy it, you know, yeah. um, just cause it was so stressful and things were going well money wise, but it's just always like putting out brush fires. So, you know, um, my wife and I, and the kids, when they're younger, we were at a, a horse show down Quentin, you know, where Quentin's at near Harrisburg. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at a horse show and we had some time to kill because my wife's into horses. And um, so we were, we never go to a garage sale. So we were driving by, we're like, we got an hour to kill. Let's just stop in. There's a garage sale, spring day, um, stopped in and we're wondering, kids were looking around. I picked up this book and I flipped it open and I read like a paragraph. And this is when I was getting up at night and I was all stressed out. And I read like the first paragraph and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but this is fascinating. And I closed the book and I said to Lee, how much is this? She said, a quarter. I reached in a pocket. Guess how much I had? Quarter. Wow. Gave her the quarter. Here it was, uh, hypno-cybernetics. Hmm. Um, and it was very good. It was about how to basically change habits and through meditation and thought process, change your life. And hmm. I took that book home. And I didn't understand it at all. And I would just start reading it. And it would be like, uh, if you want to learn how to lose weight, you do it. Here's how you do it. And I'm thinking, oh, quit eating so much. No, this isn't what the book says. It's like you mentally picture yourself the way you want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. Physical, muscle, whatever, no fat. That's what the book teaches you. Um, Teach you how to quit smoking. Same way. It teaches you how to uh, be successful. It teaches you how to attract money, right? It teaches you how to attract people. So I'm reading this and I read it over and over. And the more I read it, the more hooked I got. I'm like, and the more belief built up in, in it. Like, and then they gave all these, you know, case studies and testimonials of people did it. It wasn't just some guy wrote a book. This was like, this stuff works. And, you know, it's like, then I started into the meditation. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not like some big guru meditation guy. I don't meditate a lot, but I believe in it. And I do take quiet time every day to sit and relax. And because I found that's where some of my better ideas come. And uh, I heard a saying is, um, if you meditate and learn to listen to your inner self, so to speak, um, you'll figure out all your problems. You won't have any problems because you'll, you'll be told what to do. And that's so true. But anyhow, that's how I got into it by going to a yard sale, bought a book for a quarter. Looking back, was that coincidence? Uh, I don't think so. That was, that was destiny. Somebody wanted me to have that book in my hand somewhere yeah. along the line. So I teach these principles in our group coaching program, mm-hmm. which gets guys to like, 
you know, and, and for guys who are just like, dude, you're way too deep here. What the heck are you talking about? Meditation. I just want to run a business. I just want to run a landscape business. What are you talking about? Well, this is everything to do with a successful landscape business. Yep. Um, right. Would you agree with that, Josh? No, a hundred percent, man. You know, I would. And, and it's funny part is some people, they listen, I'm sure to the podcast too. And like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, it's these, these long haired, freaky people talking about just unicorn bullshit where you got to meditate and you're going to visualize and picture stuff. I just want to make money. Why the hell can't they just show me how to do that? Right. <laughs> we are showing you how to do that. This is part of that. It's not a, you know, okay, do these three things that don't require any inner work and you get all this, this extrinsic stuff called money, right? It, it all starts inside. That's that's the, that's the crazy thing that I took way too long to realize. And once I realized it and I started modeling others that were successful around me, I'm like, holy shit, that's the thread. That's the commonality. They start inside and then it becomes something uh, extrinsic or something you can touch on the outside. I always thought it was the other way around. I thought that once you had the money, to your point earlier, once you had the money, you became happy. I realize in order to even find happiness, you have to work inside first and then the money shows up later. It's the opposite of what you're taught and everything you see. It's the opposite. You know, it's not even the crazy part here. I know you already know this, Jim. I'm going to say this for the, for the guests listening. You know, it's not you're going after you're trying to build a business. You want it bigger and bigger and bigger because bigger is better. That's what we've been taught. Right. And you think that more money is going to bring you more and it's going to bring you more you know, a lot more bills, a lot more headaches, a lot more stress and pressure. All of that comes with it because add a zero, add a zero to everything. That's what it is. How are you managing? Because a guy that's running a $100,000 company cannot run a million dollar company with the same mindset or a two million or a $5 million company with the same mindset. That mindset has to grow in direct correlation to the revenue, right? And then if you're thinking that money one day is going to make you happy, it's not the money you're after. I'm going to drop a little nugget on you guys. It's not the money that you're after. It's the feeling you get because of that money. It's the feeling you're after. The money elicits a feeling. That's it. And for some people, $50,000 a year is a, is a, it emits an incredible you know, feeling for them. They're like, wow, this is amazing. And for others, it's $5 million and they're still not happy, right? It's, it's, it's all about what value and what, um, what we wire to that money, what feelings, what emotion we, we, we wire to it. So be careful. Because like I said before, you may end up going like crazy at your business wide open and make a ton of money and end up only with money at the end. And everybody else, your family, your friends, everybody else leaves because you're only focused on one thing. And if you can balance, this is what it's all about, right? Balancing it out, understanding that money is a tool, no different than a hammer and figuring out how to have joy when you have very little and have joy when you have a lot. That's the secret to fulfillment in life. That's when all of this becomes fun. This is when the nights become peaceful and you can sleep because you're doing it for a different reason. Have you found that to be true, Jim? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because we all get into um, business to, you know, make money, right? We get in, we yeah. start mowing lawns, get some cash. Cool. Now, you know, and then it grows. No, I need an employee. And then you hire your first guy and, and you move on that way. Um, and as you, your goal is to, you know, mine was too, to make money, right. To be successful, uh, status, you know, and I always tell, tell guys in sales, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a, a good point in the sales process, keep in mind your clients are willing to spend money with you if you add value, but keep in mind what they're also looking for is status. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to be the low man on a totem pole. Like they want their lawn to look good so they could brag to Mrs. Adams, hey, come down and look at my lawn. I think it looks mm-hmm. a little better than your lawn. You know, mm-hmm. it's sad to say, keeping up with Joneses, but it's real. Uh, but anyhow, 
you know, like, like you said, Josh, it's, it's that feeling you get, um, that money gives you money's just nothing more than energy. So when you have energy now, uh, what it does, it gives you freedom and freedom to do what you want, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, if you want to travel. So it's not money we're after, but you need the money to be, uh, have freedom and have that feeling of what you want to do, mm-hmm. but you have to use it wisely. So it's, it's, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Tony Robbins says, um, you know, what's he say? He says, uh, you know, if you're, if you make, uh, if you're miserable or crabby or, or you know, just an asshole or whatever, um, and you make a lot of money, you're just going to be a bigger a-hole, right? Yep. It's like, um, nothing changes if it's all about the money. Um, or if you're greedy and you make a lot of money, you're just going to be a greedier, you know, richer, greedy person, right? And nothing's going to change. So change comes inside. Um, and also like, once you realize that people, what they say to you and, and it, uh, it's all about how you react to it. Like somebody could come at you really nasty, attack you. And it's the, it's the, the, um, it's what you put behind. It's the emotion is what you put behind it. If you take it face value and say, Oh, this guy hates me or whatever, you can say, you know, that's coming from him, not me. Right. Um, so everything has, um, it's the meaning you put behind it. Right. So you can make it a big deal. Oh, somebody looked at you the wrong way. Now you're going to make a big deal about it. Or somebody, you know, did something to you and you're going to hold that grudge for two years, five, 10 years, which some people do. Or you can just say, you know, one of the biggest things I'll throw us in here is um, I work with a guy and he, you know, he's telling about the situation I had and uh, he was, he looked at me and he's like, and I was waiting for him to give me some long rebuttal and really comfort me and make me feel better, you know, cause I was, I was a little perplexed about it. He looked at me and went, so what? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? So what? And he's like, so what? Let it go. That's all he said. And I'm like, that was the best advice I ever got. Like I can either let it get to me or I can just not let it get to me, you know? So what? The world goes on. Life goes on. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I freaking love that. And you're so right. It's so many times we'll have a client come to us and if they're just having a bad day, right? There's been an accumulation of shit on their day. You happen to be the last person they see. You're going to get all of it, right? It's yeah. not directed at you. It's simply an unloading of, and you happen to be right. a smiling face, happy, right? And then you, some people, I used to do this, dude. That's why I'm, I can fully say this. I used to think it was, oh crap, they don't like me, or I did something wrong, or I'm not good enough, or holy shit, why do I even do this? I should go get a job, right? There's no reason why that this should be this big a deal, and I can't believe that I messed up that bad, right? I take it personally, and I was thinking that life was happening to me, not for me, right? It was happening to me, and I was like, oh crap. What I realized later is I get the opportunity, Jim, every single time to wire the meaning of everything, if somebody comes at me like that, I know that I did an amazing job, that everything is exactly the way we said it was going to be. I know that they're just unloading stuff and they did unload it on me. My choice is how I react. I can't control how they come into the situation, but I can control how I react to the situation. And Absolutely. that is all about, that's where the meditation comes in, dude. Seriously. It's the meditation centering each day because you know where you come from. And then from there going out into the world, you can tell when this comes in and you just take a breath and say, I totally understand. Empathize first. I totally understand, Mrs. Jones. I know that this probably wasn't exactly the way you expected it, but can you tell me a little bit more about what really bothers you about it? 
And all of a sudden she just starts talking and the entire bomb is diffused. And next thing you know, you're laughing and giggling. And she's like, sorry, I took this out on you. I really didn't mean to. But uh, and think about it. You had the choice in how you did that. You can't choose how she re comes to you or reacts, but you can choose how you react to her. And when you do, or him, doesn't matter. Uh, when you do and you have control over that, all of a sudden it flips it around and you're like, huh, Okay, not that big a deal. And if you would have blew your lid because you had a rough day and at the end of the day, a hot day, everybody's bitching and your phone's ringing like crazy, you just blow off on her. You didn't just lose her. You lost all of her friends and all, all the work you did for months with the designing and all that stuff. You lose all of that because you're like, he's an asshole. Look how he reacted. He blew his fuse. Yep. But yep. you've got to start to your point. You got to start each day winning the morning because then you win the day and those things just bounce off you like you have a bulletproof vest on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and you know, this isn't a system, but it's just like a little thing that I always tell my guys is, Hey, you're not a landscape. You're not a landscape business. You're not a, you know, lawn maintenance business. You're not a hardscaper. You know what business you're in? You're in the people business. And once you get that through your head and you focus on people and how to communicate with them and how to understand them and how to empathize with them and work with them, you'll be a rich person. Yes. Both emotionally and, uh, money in the bank. So lose ego or, you know, you can't have a big ego. You can either have a big ego or a big bank account, but you can't have both. I love that. Yeah. It's so true too. It's so true. Yeah. When you finally put that ego to the side and you start serving from your heart, the whole freaking world changes. Everything changes. So good. Absolutely. Jim, I, could, I could talk to you for another 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 20 hours. I could talk to you a long time, right? And I'm right. sure we will at some point. But uh, so tell us how people can find you, Jim, if they're interested in the services, your coaching program. How do they find you? Yeah, so I have a Facebook group in um, it's Landscape Systems and Marketing. Um, it's just Google and Facebook, Landscape Systems and Marketing. Uh, my email is jim at jimwertz.com. If you want to shoot me an email, jim at jimwertz.com. And uh, yeah, just hit me up. What I do, um, Josh is basically, I do a free 30 minute, like basically what I call strategy call, mm -hmm. which is to get serious people who want to improve their business and be successful and, and improve their business. Uh, we talk about, okay, what do you, what's your roadblock? Um, what's the bottleneck, right? Mm -hmm. And then we actually fix the problem on the call. So it's free call. It's not a sales call. And at the end, um, we part ways. And if they got great information, fantastic, go use it. Or if they want to continue to work with me, they can do that too. So that's sort of how I do it. That's why I love you, brother. It's all about value first. You know, it's not the hard sell. That stuff is so freaking ancient. And if you're still doing yep. that shit and think you got to figure out 94 different ways to close somebody who doesn't want what you have, you're on the wrong train, brother. You're going down the wrong tracks. You got to yeah. start focusing on that value, man. And you get it. So I love that. So good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Any other uh, nuggets you want to bestow on our listeners here before we wrap up? Yeah, just realize that um, the problems you're having in your business today is a direct is because of you. <laughs> I hate to come down on you, but it's all the problems you're having in your business is how you're. Uh, in other words, let me try to rephrase this. So, any issues you're having in your business with employees uh, is is because of you and the culture you built into your business, good or bad. So if you're having people leave you, it's not them; it's you, and and that's what really. Um, my coaches told me, it's like, you need to understand that 100% of the problems in your business, you need to take on 100% of the responsibility. And once I started doing that, then things rapidly started improving. Love that. So true, man. Once you take full responsibility for your life, everything in it, life changes. 
So Jim, thank you for coming on today. This has been a pleasure. I always love talking to you. And uh, guys, you know, it's our goal to impact and empower 2 million lives in the next four and a half years. And we're well on our way to do that. Thanks to everyone who listens and shares this podcast. So if you know somebody who could benefit from the conversation that Jim and I had today and grow their business or think that they should call Jim or, or whatever, send it to them, please. The more we share this kind of thing, the better the entire industry rises. We all can get, you know, paid what we're worth. We can get out there working with clients who expect to pay us for what we're doing and not treat us like third class citizens and uh, and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, that's our mission. And thank you so much for everyone who has supported this and have pushed us forward. Uh, we always enjoy bringing amazing new guests on the show in order to open up your mind and perspective to things about business and mindset and everything like that. So thank you again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you.